Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is the 4th of May, 2022. Today's show is brought to you all by Blue Nile. It's not too late to get something for Mother's Day. Check out fine jewelry at bluenile.com today. On the show, the Nationals, the offense, it stays red hot. And what was a great night, not just for the Nationals, but for all of D.C. sports, the Washington Capitals get themselves a win as well. So we'll just talk about a great night in D.C. sports that was capped off uh, by a Nationals 10-2 win in Colorado against the Rockies. That's coming up on today's show. Daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. It is the 4th of May, so may the 4th be with you, 2022. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LO underscore Nationals. So what we'll do here is we'll talk about the Nationals' first game in their series against the Rockies, which they won 10-2. We'll then look at the rest of the games in the series. The next show will be after uh, tomorrow's game because it's a day game. Just makes it easier to do talk about two games in one when we have the final two of the series as they usually come in midweek form. So we'll have the final two games of the series, talk about that, and then preview the um, the Angels series coming up this weekend. That'll be coming later in the week. But on today's show, we'll discuss the Nationals 2, or excuse me, 10, Rockies 2. As we normally do, we got to check the standings every single day before we get going, not just to see where the Nationals are in the playoff race, but just to give us a barometer of how things are going right now. The Nationals are in last place in the National League East with a 9-16 and record. They're eight and a half games back of the New York Mets, who have accrued a four-and-a-half game lead over the Marlins, uh, who are 12-11. and The Nats are four back of them. The Phillies are 11-13. and The Nats are two-and-a-half back of them. And the Braves are 11-15. and The Nats are just a game-and-a-half back of the Atlanta Braves. The Nationals have won two games in a row. They've, uh, they've lost – Three or excuse me, seven of their last ten, but they have won three of their last four. Now the Nats are three and eleven at home this year, but they are six and five on the road. So there is some positivity. This team has gone away from home. Just want to mention that before we really get going and talk about the game. I had said this um, after the Nationals had that losing streak. I think getting out on the road was really positive for this team. I think they just needed it after that long homestand where things were clearly not going right for them. Uh, They lost those two games to the Diamondbacks. Then they lost three to the Giants and three to the Marlins, put it all together. And they lost eight straight games. All of those were at home. Excuse me. They were two and eight in their homestand and their most recent homestand following that Pittsburgh Pirates series. So the Nationals, I just thought getting on the road was going to be a positive thing for them. And it has to start things off. We had mentioned this series over the course of, of the weekend that they had with the Giants. Um, but we're talking about a team that, you know, in in the games previous, during that losing streak, they scored two, three, one, two, three, two, one, two. Uh, that's that's what they scored in the 10-game in the losing streak. Once again, 
two, three, one, two, three, two, one, two. I mean, the offense was horrible. They start off the first game with a 14 to four win on the road, nine to three loss, but they really, they did a good job. I mean, uh, getting hits in that game, they just didn't drive anybody in a nine to three loss. You finish up on Sunday and you go out there and you put up 11 runs and the Nationals 10 runs against the Rockies. That means three of their last four games, they've scored at least 10 runs and the pitching has been pretty solid too. So we're going to talk about uh, this particular game here. First, quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you all by Blue Nile. Mother's Day is this coming weekend, but it's not too late to go and get something from Blue Nile. It's something special that she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on listeners get $50 off a $500 purchase. That's a podcast exclusive for Mother's Day. Use promo code Locked On. that's L-O-C-K, E-D-O-N, locked on when you guys go to BlueNile.com. And when you guys do that, uh, you get $50 off a $500 purchase or more. They'll take care of the shipping and the handling, all that kind of stuff as well. It's stress-free. It'll show up in a discreet package as well. So if you live with that special someone, they're not going to know, oh, hey, my, my jewelry from Blue Nile is here. So uh, make sure you guys go to Blue Nile. Dot com today. Use promo code locked on L O C K E D O N locked on. All right. Nationals 10 Rockies two. What was the big story of the game here? Well, you guys know me. I'm a pitching guy. I, I think, I think I always start with the pitching, the offense. Yes. Big story. But to me, let's talk about Eric Fetty, seven innings, six hits, one run. It was earned two walks and three K's. He threw a hundred and two pitches. This was Eric Fetty's best start of the year. We talked about his first two starts of the season. Five innings, two runs against the Mets. Five innings, two runs against Pittsburgh. They were decent starts, you know, um, but he wasn't going that deep. Then he gets rocked by Arizona. Um, only can go four and two-thirds on 91 pitches against the Marlins. Yes, it was pretty decent, but still not enough length. This was one of those games. It just seems like when the, the when the Nats go out west, Fetty's had some good games. You'll think about last year, pitched really well against Arizona on the road. That was one of his best games of the year. Well, the best game so far of his young season for him uh, in his fifth start was seven innings, six hits, one run. It was earned two walks, three Ks. Once again, 102 pitches. The Nationals were in a great position once he left the game and also keeping the bullpen pretty fresh too, which we know is a challenge for this Nationals group. So all around, when you talk about the night that Eric Fetty had, it was off to a bit of a rough start. There were guys on, there was some traffic. It was a 20-pitch first inning, and so you're thinking, oh no, here we go. It's another Eric Fetty start where he is, um, you know, he, he is, you know, putting guys on and eventually the, the, the dam's going to break and he's going to put the Nationals in a bad position. No, he recovered pretty well. The one run that, that was scored was off a hard hit ball to, the th- to third base that Michael Franco was really close turning two on, a spectacular snag, but only allowed one run defense, I thought, play well behind him. And so this was a start. You know, I, I say this to a lot of the guys, but like this, this is one of those quality starts. Where like, okay, give me 75% of this each time out, five and, and, you know, in five and two thirds or six and two thirds, whatever it is. 
this is a really strong start. This is what the Nationals need, especially on the road, for their pitching to continue to show up. And, and he showed up in a place that we know it's really difficult to. You know, uh, Coors Field is not an easy place to go and, you know, pitch really well in. There's a reason why top-end pitching does not like to go to places, you know, uh, they don't usually sign long-term contracts with places like Colorado. And look, the the team with the best batting average in the National League right now, it's the Colorado Rockies, actually in all of the league right now, it's Colorado Rockies. You'll be interested to know, as, as bad as the Nationals offense has been, their team batting average is fifth in the league, which is you know, wild to me. I think the last few days have also really helped them out um, from that standpoint. But yeah, I mean, think about one of the best offenses in the league and Fetty did a great job cooling those bats off. Six hits. Yeah, that's you know, a decent amount, but he didn't allow too many runs. And so I, I think, uh, you know, we focus so much on pitching. Eric Fetty right now is not trying to be a Max Scherzer. He's not trying to be a even Josiah Gray, right? Eric Fetty right now is trying to cement his role as a back-end starter for maybe not just the Nationals, but another team down the road, but especially the Nats right now. The Nats are in the process of rebuilding a rotation. Ideally, they want uh, Steven Strasburg back. Ideally, they want Patrick Corbin to pitch as he did in his last outing. Ideally, they want Josiah Gray there as well. Ideally, they want Joe Ross in the mix right now once he comes back to be the Joe Ross from last year. And, you know, ideally for Eric Fetty, at least, he'd be a fifth guy in all of that and just be solid like he was more than solid last night, but just that kind of performance more often. I mean, there is a real opportunity for him once again here in Washington right now because there is such a need for starting pitching to cement that. Now, I know Cade Cavalli is on the come up, but here's the thing, guys. Think about rotations like this. You have five guys in mind, right? We always have five guys in mind. Oh, my God. The New York Mets have – they've got Jacob deGrom. They've got Max Scherzer. They've got Taiwan Walker and Carlos Carrasco and Tyler McGill and David Peterson. They've got all of these guys. Well, what normally happens is there are injuries, especially to pitching. You rarely have the five ideal guys that you thought you were going to have pitching. Now, the Nationals, you know, on their front don't have a ton of depth, but like, you know, you rarely are going to have all five of those guys rearing and ready to go. Somebody is usually going to get injured in some way, shape, or form. And so that's it's why it's important to have a sixth guy, a guy ready to go. Eric Fetty, the last two seasons, in my opinion, well, and also the Nets have uh, Anibal Sanchez, but I don't really count him as like, you know, that's like not desired outcome to have him in the rotation necessarily. Uh, you know, Dave Martinez's plan might be that, but I don't, I just think in my perfect world, it's not really the case. So kind of thinking about it, like from that perspective, um, Eric Fetty maybe wa- probably wasn't supposed to be in the rotation the last two years and has ended up in the rotation the last two years and has, and has really held down a spot there. Like the one thing you can't say about Eric Fetty is like, he's not out there pretty often. Um, this is a guy that I, I know, despite the inconsistencies, he's been out there a lot. Um, you know, the last year throws 133 innings and this year he's been, uh, you know, he's been available so far. And sometimes for a team like the national, the nationals, the best ability is availability as they say. So the nationals are enjoying having Eric Fetty be able to go every five days. They'd like to get more starts like that, uh, or in that, you know, neighborhood, even if the game was closer, it would have been, you know, a competitive start at that. All right, one more quick word from our sponsors, then we'll talk about some offense 
the Nationals brought the sticks out last night in Colorado. Teams love to do that. Uh, but Colorado doesn't lose a lot of games at home. Talk about that in a second. First off, today's show was brought to you by Built Bar. Go to Built.com today. That's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at Built.com. They've got flavors like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are delicious. Uh, they are good. They taste like candy bar, but they're much better for you than a candy bar. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Built Bars are where it is at. Go to Built.com today. That's Built.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at Built.com. Doing a little uh, sparkling water this morning to wet the palate. All right. The Nationals' offense, they came to play, uh, just like the Miz's theme song. I came to play. The Nationals' offense did so. Ten runs last night against, you know, one of the better pitchers in that Rockies rotation, Herman Marquez. And they did it because they were driving guys in in scoring position. This is always the theme of the team. One team didn't, one team did. Now, maybe if the Rockies did, it probably would have been as close. Nationals were five for 13 in those situations. Bell, one for two. Escobar, one for two. Yadiel Hernandez, one for one. Ruiz, two for three last night in those positions. What stood out? One Soto goes one for five, but hits a uh, towering home run. And look, he's one for five is you know not, not excellent for him, but um, you're starting to see the offense come around for him just a bit. You know, he's still in 258 with a 405 on base as the computer plays. Um, you know, and so I, I think last night you're, you're seeing, you know, the – uh, offense come around just a bit, but you're also seeing the struggles. That K was very un Juan Soto like. What you're also seeing is Josh Bell's at his peak right now. That, that, that's a guy that at this point in time, it's pretty safe to say he's playing his best baseball when it comes to, uh, you know, at the dish, how things are going for him. Three for five last night, three runs driven in. Now, does have a two Ks, but I like the fact he's being aggressive, right? I and mean, he, he's in that three spot to generate offense, and he generate he's been generating offense. All year, he's top five in the NL in terms of average, and he has been so strong this year. Who else has been strong? Yadiel Hernandez. We talked about it yesterday with Matt Wyrick. Look, the guy is hitting 362, 387 on base, 534 slugging. This guy is here to hit. That's what he does. Three for five with two runs driven in in this game. This is a guy that's coming to the plate. It's coming to play. Um, and that's why I think he's an asset for the Nationals. Maybe when it comes to the trade deadline, because this is a guy. He's you know he's he's a he's a run driver. You know this guy this guy is scoring runs for for the Nationals out here. Like he is in positions to drive in runs, and he's and he's just flat out doing it. Thirty four years old. I know you know he's, he's uh, we've talked about that age, but look, he's already got fourteen runs driven in this year in just sixteen games that he's been in. So you know he's he's done a great job um, giving the Nats an offensive lift. And 58 ABs, you take that every single time. 21 hits, once again, hitting 362. He's getting the job done. He's not up there to walk. He's up there to create some offense. And I think that's a valuable asset, once again, not just the Nats, but could be for some other teams and could yield the Nats some good return, maybe come trade deadline time. Another guy who's been so solid and kind of in the – there's guys who are in the, okay, their Nats category. That's your – Josiah Gray's, your K. Barrett Ruiz's, your Juan Soto's, hopefully, you know, continuing moving forward. 
and they're the guys who are on the uh, not the block, but you know, are guys that are uh, not for sure nationals. Cesar Hernandez, who's who's been pretty good so far this season. Um, I would put Michael Franco and Yadiel Hernandez in that. Michael Franco goes two for four last night. He's playing some good defense at times as well, playing a good third base. And he's playing at the level right now, folks, that's, that is encouraging because when Carter Kibu makes his return and he should get that shot because the Nationals have so much invested in him, uh, Michael Franco is setting a bar. I've been saying this all season. Michael Franco is setting a bar right now that is a a, um, a attainable for a guy like Carter Keboom, but it's a high enough quality of play where it's gonna it's gonna force him to play well. It's gonna force Carter Keboom to play well and maintain that spot. The Nationals, in an ideal world, get good play from Michael Franco. Maybe could flip him for prospect depth, and then get to have Carter Keboom at third. But you know, it's nice to have a contingency, and maybe he's a guy that moving forward wants to continue being a Nat, and the Nats want to have him moving forward, maybe on a cheaper ish deal. So I think there's encouraging signs there for a guy who's put together a pretty good first start of the season. Um, K-Bear Ruiz remains hot and cold. I'm totally fine with that. Three for four last night, just 23 years old. And so Ruiz goes through streaks, it feels like, at fits and starts, if you will, right? You know, he uh, had a pretty rough stretch there. Um, last four games, last three or four games, at a difficult kind of ending. He was at an 0 for 10 streak, uh, you know, between the last two Miami games and the um, won the first San Francisco game that he played, but goes one for four in the second game, gets three hits last night. This is a guy that, you know, multi-hit games are kind of his thing. Uh, at this point in time, counting it up, he's got eight multi-hit games this year. He's got 16 hits on the year. So it, it really is coming in fits and starts for him. And consistency is a big thing, but he's getting the uh, ABs to do so. Hopefully maybe the power does come along at some point in time. So I think there's a lot of encouraging signs from last night's 10 to 2 win. Once again, the Nationals have won three of their last four. Um, and Alcides Escobar has been hitting well too. You know, take from that what you will. Uh, and also Victor Robles didn't get a hit last night, but drove in a run. This offense is starting to come around. The key is, can you carry it forward? Can you maintain it? Can you keep doing it? And this this version of the Nationals right now, once again, Long term, they're not going to win games, um, but they've, they've lost close and they've won big, which I think is encouraging. And also we're singling out, you know, this is a bad team. It's a bad team, generally speaking. Not playing bad baseball, bad team. Once again, I will say this ad nauseum all uh, year long. We're searching for players right now that can be flipped and turned into prospect depth or get the Nationals, whatever. We're also looking for guys that could potentially be a part of this team in a variety of roles later on down the line. That's what we're searching for right now. So Nationals win 10-2. Let's set up the games in the rest of the series. The Nationals will go at it again with the Rockies tonight. This one's at 8.40 Eastern time. It'll be Patrick Corbin against Austin Gomber. So we'll see, can Patrick Corbin build off the good start in a difficult environment? And then in the final game of this series, uh, Aaron Sanchez will be on the mound for the Nationals, and uh, he'll be going up against Antonio Sentatella, great Italian name, um, Venezuelan, obviously, but you know it's, it'd be a great Italian name if he was Italian. Um, so that's your pitching matchup, eight forty, and then three ten. It's a day game. That'll be a getaway day for the Nationals because they have a three game set coming up with the Angels over the course of the weekend before they get back home 
next week to play the Mets. So that's what's coming up. But also got to shout out the Washington Capitals last night. Um, you know, I was a little worried early in that in the first period. I was really worried. They scored the goal. They gave up the goal the other way. And I'm like, wow, the national, the uh, Capitals had like, you know, 12 penalty minutes. Um, you know, they were in the power play, whatever it was, eight minutes of, of that first period, however long it was. And they only got one goal out of it, even including a, a five on three, which they didn't score on. And they scored the end of the second power play. Um, and so, you know, I was really concerned to go down to one. I was like, oh, no. And they just seemed to flip the game. Even though Tom Wilson, too, they flipped the game last night and were able to go out there and get a win. Make sure you guys check, on, check out Locked On Capitals, too, for all of that coverage. Um, uh, and we'll probably have those guys on here pretty soon, too, just to you know, touch on that support squad. I'm not sure if you guys saw it. There was a great little interaction between the Nationals and the Capitals on Twitter last night. It's like a great night type thing. So I thought that was fun. Uh, playoff hockey is nothing like it. Capitals get home ice back. And the good news is, you know, they'll return home uh, at least the series tied. So that, that, that's excellent. They can steal one more. All right. That will do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the final two games of this series. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. Follow me at Josh neighbors underscore. Find the show every podcast and on YouTube as well. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.